Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Randy Blumendahl's Coach's Corner. I have a great show for you tonight. It's all about how to get players to operate outside of the box. First, though, I'd like, like to give a special thanks to J.P. Weber and his ongoing support of the Yellow Ball Network. Um, you know, a lot of what I've been thinking about with tennis over the last few weeks, and I'm sorry I've been off the air for a couple of weeks, um, been on the road finishing up camp, been a very busy time, um, as it is for everybody. But um, glad to be back on, very excited about tonight's show. But um, traveling around, you know, in, in talking over the years, I've just noticed how we have done a very good job of putting everyone in our little boxes. You know, maybe this is going on in society, but sports is going on too much. In tennis, definitely is it, it's going on. And, and how do we create or how does a player, a coach, administrators, what do they need to do to get a player to take off? Because it's not going to be, you know, well, this is the pathway and 500 people go down this route and then all of a sudden we've got 30 Wimbledon champions. It's not going to happen like that. We have to have a player take off and really people chase after them and they go their own routes and they find their little ways and their little nooks and crannies. And and we have to allow the cream to rise to the top. I remember a long time ago when I was a kid, um, my grandfather, Papa Ken, he used to tell me all the time, you know, you have to allow the cream to rise to the top. He grew up as a farmer, and I thought the word allow, boy, that's a strange thing. You know, make it, do you make it happen? We're trying to make it happen in U.S. tennis. We're trying to identify 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds and, hey, let's make the cream rise to the top. You know, it'll be our system, and it's very self-serving allowing it to happen. I don't think you can do that. I think the only way cream can rise to the top is you've got to allow it to happen. Now, you have to create an environment where that happens. So so getting back to the point, how do we think or how do we get players to get outside of this box where there's two things and really two things. If you whittle it down and you get, you get rid of all the bells and whistles and all the marketing things that are going on that, that really aren't working, and I'm, I'll, we'll talk about that, but it's it's not working. It's not working in any sort of gimmicky way that tennis is trying for it to work. But, by the way, the great news is what an opportunity for tennis to prove once again how great it is because I, I still believe it's the greatest sport out there. Things, two things really only motivate players to excel and and really take off and try to become the best they can become, and that's events and rivalries. And we haven't done a very good job of that. Now, as you're searching this out as a player or as an administrator, you need to create environments where these two things are at your focal point. Rivalries will help you immensely. Players come out in clusters. It's been proven over and over and over again in the history of tennis. They come out in clusters. 
And usually it's kids you grow up with. Like I remember stories where there was five top ten kids in a in two block radius, you know, and they they all kind of grew up in the same neighborhoods, playing the same sports growing up, and then one of them took off in tennis, the other one chase, and then you know, and they keep going back and forth, back and forth. So rivalries are important, and we are doing a good job of taking that out of our our tennis. You say, well, how are you doing that? You know, they're chasing points and all. No, no, no. The, the, the natural rivalries are not taking place. They're, these kids are going to different parts of the country, and I know we're more transient than we used to be, but there's not these 5, 10, 15-year-old rivalries like there used to be that really motivate players. And, and some of it's the academy settings, some of it's player development. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this is happening, but if you can stay in an area and become – the Bradington champ or the, you know, the, the county champ, those things matter. And they, they really help your son or daughter develop or your player as a coach develop. Events, you know, and, and events is pretty, you know, what's the best tournament of all time? Wimbledon. Everybody says the same thing. It's always Wimbledon. Well, what it it's the tradition, it's 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 how they built the event and there's no there's almost zero marketing, you know, gimmicky marketing things going on there. Now, you know, there would be people that would argue with me about that, but think about how traditional it is almost to the point where it's almost people think on the outside it could be a little bit boring, but they have no problem filling the stands. They have no problem having people watch it on TV, if, whether it's court 12 or court, you know, center court, it's always people are watching and very, you know, they just, it, it's such a great event and, and players absolutely love that tournament. So how do you build those events? And can that take place in juniors? Yes, it has. You have to create it an environment where that happens. But once again, you know, as a player, as a parent, you need to search those things out. Where are these events? What am I looking for? Where Where's my, my son or daughter losing their motivation? They're playing these tournaments that don't matter where they're chasing points. Is there something to that? Is there a reason why? Yes, there absolutely is. Now, the UTR has come in and, and helped save the day at least for a short period of time because for a long time now, it's, you know, it's been known that rating is a better way for a person to have a growth mindset where they continue, continue to try to improve and master. So the rating's helping, but we still have these two things are, are really the two focal points that really what, what makes it. Now, here's what I think we're missing a lot of, you know, if you're training here in the U.S. or, you know, in everybody, oh, it's, you know, it's 23 on the most popular sports in the, in the country or whatever. If you look outside of the U.S., tennis is, is one of the, it's usually like number two, sometimes number one throughout the world in Europe. It's, I think it's the second most popular sport. Asia is gaining a ton of ground. The sport is taking off the rest of the world. 
So, you know, and there's reasons why, but my point today is that the game's great. The game's great. We don't need little marketing tweaks and, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, like commercialization of, of tennis. And there's a number of reasons why that is. Because a lot of what makes tennis great are its subtleties. It's not the obvious sports center highlight things that you get with some other sports, which, you know, people that are involved in those sports might argue as well. There's a little more of that that gets you going in those sports than maybe in tennis. In tennis, the drama builds. The drama builds, it builds, it builds, and it gets very, very, very exciting to watch on the sideline. But the sport's growing. It's growing like mad. Now, why is it kind of petered out a little bit and not done as well in the U.S.? Well, I think that's something that as we think, how do we operate outside of the box, that's where the opportunity lies. That's the opportunity that everybody's, you know, down on where everybody's pointing fingers at organizations like the USTA or who clearly are doing a, a, a poor job at trying to figure out what motivates players and what, what develops them at the highest level. Um, you know, and, 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 and I, that'll be another show, another topic. We'll go into what's slowing us down in those areas, but, but right now, you know, moving forward, how how are we going to think? I've got a caller on the line that, you know, one of the things I know slowing us down, I was just at a tournament um, a few weeks ago, and, you know, it, it was a sectional tournament here in Florida, and they're not playing third sets. And I'm thinking to myself, well, and I'm going to get into this point eventually, but Scoring format, does it matter? Absolutely. How are you going to gain ground? If you're a late bloomer, if you're a late starter in the sport, you know, if you're just trying to get somewhere quickly and you've worked very hard at it, how are you going to do that in competition if, number one, you've take you've taken away those reps, and two, you know, you, you've shortened – everything which which goes back to taking away the reps but but simply there's no real avenue for players to continue to develop because they can't get the same number of reps in that somebody that's played the game for four more years you know it, it, or it takes too long it takes too long to get those reps in and and uh they get discouraged and then you throw in the whole randomization of of the the gimmicky formats where you know, you've got shortened sets, or you don't play third sets, you play 10-point tiebreakers, and no player that's working hard. I mean, there's enough things that you have to be resilient about in the game itself and competing against other highly competitive players. You don't need another element that's random to see how resilient tennis players are because the answer is going to be they're going to get discouraged and they're going to stop working hard because – they don't understand, nor do the coaches, if there's any value to that. And why would you take away value to working hard in a sport that you need thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of reps to be good? I mean, every skilled sport, you need that. 
but tennis, it's it's very much in your face. It's very much in your face because your as your body changes and the the uh, how you become an athlete changes, your speed changes, your balance changes, everything changes about your swing and everything. It's a game that's in motion, a, a skill sport that's in motion. The timing and everything else becomes very, very, very tough to accomplish so why would you discourage the very thing that's going to it's going to be required for talent to shine in that which is hard work and repetition let me go to the caller i think uh yeah it looks like it's coach creasy be great to talk to him for a second i want to talk about scoring formats now him and jp weber have a lot of good information that they're trying to hand out to parents. Before we get him on the line, he's going to talk about these points. I think this stuff is absolutely necessary for you to think about. Search out the tournaments that are playing regular scoring. Your son or daughter or your student is going to excel at a much quicker rate. Now, they might get discouraged initially, but once they understand what they're doing, They'll, they'll take off much quicker than if they play any sort of shortened format. Coach Creasy, do I, do I have you on the line? Hey. Yeah. Hey, How Coach, are you? Good show. Appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. Good show tonight. I hope you can hear me okay. Can hear you great. Can hear you great. I was just sure. talking a little bit about um, scoring formats, but, you know, really the, the overall theme is always about you know, how to get players to operate outside of the box. And, yeah, you get, we need you some know, questions it, answered it, there for sure. Yeah, we need some questions answered, and, and parents, you know, it, it's getting to the point where, you know, I, I hear all the rumbles out there. There's a lot of parents they are like, well, why should I put my son or daughter into tennis? I don't understand what the avenues are. I see the expenses. Um, what, what's, you know, what's the benefit? You know, and, and, and there's a lot of subtle benefits to keeping kids into, into sport, into tennis. But how can they advance in the sport? They get very discouraged early, and the parents don't even know which way to push because they, it's not official. And then I think a lot of these scoring formats, are really making things foggy to the parents, especially the late bloomers well, and those are just kids gimmicks. that are trying to catch yeah. up. You know, and they they have goals of hey, I, I was really excited about this. I didn't start till junior high, eighth grade, and I yeah, I think I can do it, but I'm getting caught in these sort of situations, and you know, I keep losing in ten point tiebreakers, or I'm playing shortened formats and all this stuff. What you know? Well, I know you have a lot of information out there about the scoring formats. Can you give us a couple of things why, you know, the, this? Well, first of all, what makes our scoring format so great? The, the scoring format tends to develop the real rules of scoring. Well, gosh, I mean, you got to go back. <clears throat> what makes it great? <laughs> it's been great enough to be a great foundation for 140, 147 years now. 
the tradition and the heritage history and the heritage of it. You know, and uh, it's it's been a great for think about this, it's been a great scoring format around the world for for all these years in the history and the heritage. But you said something earlier that 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 really puts the puts everything together. Uh, you got to go back 30 years ago. In 1987, the USTA changed. They, they developed the player development program, and they got actively involved in trying to make it rise, make things rise. What you said there was exactly right. Uh, instead of allowing the cream to rise, instead of allowing individual situations where people got better at our sport in multiple different ways. They tried to find the pathway, the pathway, and they've been beating their head against the wall for the last 30 years trying to find a pathway, the pathway. Now, there's no way in the whole wide world that the United States of America should not have five in the top 10 right now and probably in the top 50, I'm saying 15 to the top 50. No way in the world. We have the most resources. We have the best facilities. We have very, very good coaches. But we base we we are shooting ourselves in the foot, our own foot, by trying to force something to happen. And I completely blame our over sophistication in trying to make this happen. I think that the people who there, everybody that it's got. It started out in 1987. We tried to follow the Swedish system. We were trying to follow the Swedes. The Swedes had all the answers, and then the Germans had all the answers when Becker came around. And then no, no, no. Then it's the Spain Spanish. Got to copy the Spanish, and then we had to copy the French. No, the French have got the best junior development program. Let's copy the French. And, and we're constantly copying somebody else, and we're the United States of America. Give me a break. Everybody should be copying us. We should be doing it. You said the other thing that was brilliant exactly, and I've said this very often on my own radio program, is that kids play for two reasons. They play for rivalries and the tournaments of heritage. I'll ask every group of kids or parents, would you rather be number one in the United States or win Kalamazoo? Every kid would rather win Kalamazoo, every boy. I ask kids in South Carolina, would you rather be ranked number one in the state of South Carolina or win the tournament at Belton? Everyone wants to be a Belton champion. If you ask every player in the world, would you rather win Wimbledon or be number one in the world? They would rather win Wimbledon. The tournaments of heritage have been dismantled because, again, we've gone to the computer programs of how do we put together this L2, L1, L6, L19. It's ridiculous. You know, Coach, I've been in, uh, I've been in tennis now teaching 47 years. I've been in tennis 50, 55 years. And I cannot advise a parent on what these tournaments all are. L3, L6s, L1, L, you know, uh, you know, L and L and M cigarette. I, I don't know what the heck all these things are, but what happens, the reason that they've done this 
is because it works out for a nice computer program. So why do they do the point system? Because it's easier to just, instead of going back and doing the rankings and checking out the head-to-heads and the matchups that used to happen, and the ranking people had a lot of accountability. They really had to be good at what they did because they had to go back and figure out the head-to-head matchups. And the rank, when the rankings came out, they came out once a year, and it had a lot of merit because it came out once a year. But now they come out every month, and they're done on points, and maybe parents pay attention to them. But let me tell you, the kids, they know that they are very they, – they fluctuate from week to week to month to month. And I'm just telling you, Coach, as a, as a college coach for 41 years my, right now, I don't look at the rankings. I haven't looked at them since about 1990 because I've done it long enough. I can tell the difference between a good player and a bad player and an average player and sort of an average player. And I know what a player has to be. And, and the bottom line on the thing is I don't trust the dog on rankings because people, people, once they put a system in there, Instead of getting better, they manipulate the system. <laughs> they try to figure out the system. They go to the weaker tournaments. They duck the harder tournaments. They duck certain players. And once you start doing that just for rankings, you know, you're, you're, you're in trouble there. But, um, you know, kids avoid rivalries if they don't. In the old days, you had the, the rivalries when you were matched up. You you played the rivalries, but kids kids uh, kids duck them now. Answering the question why, hang, I mean that's there's a lot of reasons for that. But again, I I just think that we don't have enough coaches doing all of this background work in the USTA and the ITA for sure. Can I tell you something real quickly? And then I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but. The ITA, the Intercollegiate Tennis Association, used to be a coaches association. It was the ITCA, Intercollegiate Tennis Coaches Association. And once they got in in with the marketers and the corporate stuff, they became the ITA. But still, they're a coaches association. They have 19 board members right now. Only six are college coaches. Only six. Our coaches now those D1 coaches are what only six that means they have 13 marketing people in there so that might be you know could you imagine running a restaurant this is just came to my head running a restaurant with marketeers instead of really good cooks you have to have good cooks so you could go out and put the best billboards out there and get people in for one time but they're not going to stay in so we get a lot of people in to play tennis for the first time, one time. They don't stay in the sport, Coach. So, I mean, what you're saying is right on. And I guess the question becomes, how do we how do we get this thing turned around? How do we change it? And we've got to open up the, the freedom pass. It needs to be more of a freeway, expressway, than a pathway. We're tired of seeing these PhDs in there that have never coached. They've got some PhDs in there who are come out with their theories, but they've never they've never coached anybody, and they never definitely never coached anybody to an excellent level. But they've got these 
theories on how to do it. And boy, whenever you do that, oh, it's, it's you're, you're you're in trouble. So anyhow, coach, we I think the best thing you got going here is trying to tell parents to do it their way. I'm doing that with my son right now in baseball. I'm trying to do it instead of following the pathways that people are giving me. We found this one one old guy about an hour and a half drive away from here. That's a that's a that that is like a Yoda of baseball, and I take my son there once every two weeks, and he fills him up with tremendous tremendous information. And my son comes back home and he's working on it like crazy, and that's the way I think parents ought to do it too. So, just some hey, thoughts. Coach, can you- off the top of my head. Hey, this great, really good stuff. You, you actually, you you said a couple of things that I want to highlight here. Um, but some, can you hang on for say? I want to ask a couple more questions. But you said some things I think that that are very important. Uh, going back to the scoring before I go into some of your big points. What there's not, you know, what other sport is it? One v one. One versus one or two versus two. It's really the one v one situation for the the toughest. One versus one, where you have to win by two. So you're going to, with no clock, you're going to have to probably play your worst tennis on the day against your opponent's best and come through. That's a tough situation. That that really builds a lot of drama in tennis. And nobody gets it with these shortened formats. But I, I, before I go into that, I wanted you—you you were talking no short about formats. No, they're not. I they're just not going to jump in and say we're we're we're, yeah. we're going to have that XFL arena football. That's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. Any of that shortened format, we should have an asterisk to give a score. I mean, it's all gimmick stuff. It's no ad scoring. It's a well, gimmick. Well, first, first of all, and, and, you know. when you when you look to read books and sports, I mean, do you you search out the person that was on the biggest losing streak, or do you search out the champions? Do you search out the ones that turned it around and and figured out how to do it, or do you search out the people that look, went to the middle and just stayed there? At college tennis. People keep telling me we're doing this because college tennis is doing it. No offense, but college tennis is failing. They're losing programs every year. And it's not a – they can market all they want, but they don't have – it should be an educational environment, and they've turned it into a circus. And it was something that was great that they've turned into a circus. So why would you – say we're doing it for college tenant. You know, I'm going to change this format because we're going to look at a system that is failing and it's the ITA that, that has implemented that system, so shame on them. It's failing and we're going, we're going to look at them because they're not doing well and then that's where we're going to try to find our, our future in tennis? I don't think so. I, I, I don't I think whoever comes up with that, whoever uses that as an excuse, ought to be shamed because that's that's a, a big problem with tennis. I mean, if you said, "Hey, we're going to do it because Roger Federer did this to win, you know, record number of Wimbledon champion," okay, then that's something we have to look at. 
but why would we put a scoring format in place that ever since we tinkered with the formats in 92, well, we did it in the 80s, the sports went backwards in college tennis. Why would you, why would you look at that as why we're doing something or a reason why? That, that, that means to me there's no thought process going in. It's just uh, they don't really know why they're doing it. They, they have no idea what they're doing. Well, so, uh, I think they do. That's a hard, hard thing. Wait, yeah, there's, they probably do, Coach. And, and if, if it is that, we need to expose them on, on things that, they, you know, if they're trying to do it for money and, and fame and fortune and, and self-serving things, we need to expose them. But um, going back to the development stuff, we, you mentioned, you know, the Swedish system and all that. I've thought a lot about that over the years. And, and really, you know, I, I, I know it goes back to the reps, and it's like the talent code by Daniel Coyle. It, 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 it's all about putting in deep thought process for thousands and thousands and thousands of reps and attending to your failures as quickly as possible. It's, it's not about these slick systems. And the only time your mind goes there is when you've worked so hard and you're like, well, should this generation have to suffer as much as we did? No, there must be a better way. Or it's self-serving. There's no other reasons. I mean, you're looking for a shortcut or it's self-serving. And either way, it's going to end up bad. So, yes, the, the, the formula, just like it is in boxing, they, they have for 75 years, they've trained the same way, and they don't need any fancy equipment. You know, they just they go in and they, they knock out. They don't need somebody to tell them that, that, hey, they've got a certain muscle type that you've got to train this way. They just train hard, and they get ready for the fight. Otherwise, they get their brains beat in. So it, it, boxing has done the, you know, and they could have. They could have, you know, come up with all the equipment and everything, but they didn't. They didn't because they know it doesn't work. Tennis is the same way. We, we figured it out a long time ago what it takes to succeed in the sport, and shame on us for trying to manipulate the rules to be self-serving. So, but to think out of the box as players, you have to search that back out. You have to go back in there. You have to search out ways. And, and I'm going to talk to everybody in a minute, or you can talk to them about this coach, how to create a schedule where they're searching out how to really advance in tennis. And, and one's going to be to search out events that are of heritage, absolutely, and how to get to those events. They have to have the proper scoring format. But there's also other things that are in play. And if you have the rivalries and you, you play matches that you should win at certain times, we're going to talk about that and how players can advance that way as well, because I think that matters a ton to players, because I think they get caught up, and parents is the same, they get caught up in trying to chase after points for, for reasons they don't, they're not even aware of. There's a, there's a psychology going on there that just makes them feel like, hey, if I don't do this, I'm not giving my son yeah, or daughter the opportunity. I don't, think they, even understand. I, I don't they, even they don't understand, understand that, Coach. And I, and, and I you know, that that bothers me when I see it. It's, it's like, well, I'm playing this sectional because well, i got to give my son or daughter the opportunity 
to get to a level three. Well, what does that mean? No, they're they're trying to get their son or daughter to be the best version of themselves. And to do that, they have to go, it has to be their own path, like you said. But there is some commonalities in your own path. And that's what we need to talk about. But the, the mandating of the tournament is killing it. Because one thing that makes all this great is innovation and competitiveness of these tournaments. And, and that's really what builds events. You ask kids now what they get excited about with events. And they have to really think hard. I mean, especially in juniors. I mean, I, I have to almost define it for them because they're looking at me like, well, what should I say? You know, is it the the Bush? Oh, wait a minute. What is the name of that tournament now? Is it the, uh, you know, and thank goodness we still have Kalamazoo. And we, you know, it, it, but. You well, know, they're trying like, to change that too. <laughs> they're trying to change, you know. Trying to change that too. Um, Orange Bowl, you know, it's still, you know, but it, it, there's not much. There's just not much, and we're trying to redefine some of that. That's right. That's right. And 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 look, look, there's a couple things in play here, and I do blame I blame our leaders because they don't get it, but but again, they're not coaches. A lot of them, they don't get it because they haven't had the reps at coaching, and. uh but 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 here's here's a couple things. You know when you change the scoring, the scoring now is more important than the skill set. Have you ever thought about that? You know, and then the part marketing and the packaging of it. it, it these, some of this is just flat out lies. I sat in a meeting uh, a couple weeks ago at Kalamazoo, and 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 the guy who was running the meeting it was coaches meeting. The guy flat out lied. He he was lying. He said uh, the scoring system is a big, big hit that's saving tennis. And you can market anything you want on. I always say everybody's a hero on fake book. You can market anything you want. You can, you can, you can uh, profile or make a billboard for anything you want now. And you can make anything look. We used to laugh at there's a tang out there. They used to see that. Hey, astronauts drink Tang. Remember, it was just Kool-Aid, basically. But there's the Tang effect, and people just mark it, and they just say things. But the, the, the point is they have changed the sport. They have, and it's going to be a completely different sport. It'll be like arena football or something. And, I want, you know, boxing, Let's t- you talked about boxing. If I ask you or ask any coach, who is the heavyweight champion of the world right now? Who is the toughest person? In, who's the heavyweight champion of the world? Coach, would you, do you know that person? I, you don't. I used to know him by heart. I used to know yeah, him I think it year, used to be Klitschko. I don't, I haven't I don't know. Who, but but yeah. if we got 10 learned people, coaches in a room and said, who's the heavyweight champion of the world? Nobody knows. Because they no. messed up so badly with that sport, and they over-marketed it. But it used to be everybody knew who Floyd Patterson was, Rocky Marciano, Muhammad Ali, George, George Foreman, Joe Frazier, these great, great boxers. They were the toughest people in the world. And now nobody even knows who it is. Now nobody knows when there's fight, when there's not. Why? Because 
they put diamonds in with a bucket of rhinestones. Tennis, when marketers take over, they take this wonderful, beautiful diamond we have, and they throw it in with a bucket of shiny rhinestones that are nothing but glass and glitz and flash. This no-ad scoring is a mockery of our great game. They've made chess into checkers. Tennis is going to be not the game that we ever recognized, and they can lie all they want. Like, I'll give you a good example, this green ball stuff that they did. You know, the red, orange, and green ball. Oh, boy, this is going to save tennis. Well, they they had coercive leadership in forcing kids to use it. Well, it, it did nothing. Now, they came out with these numbers. We got 8 billion people to try the sport. Well, they didn't make players. They got people to play tennis a couple times. They didn't make players. In the whole state of South Carolina last year, listen to this, only 40 people, 40 young kids signed up for green ball tennis tournament. 40 in the whole state of South Carolina. Do you know that we only have 26,000? kids playing tournament tennis in the whole United States right now. You have that many playing soccer in Atlanta. I mean, so they've changed the sport, and these guys, shame, shame, shame on them. It's the lying, though, is that when the guy got up at the ITA meeting and said, one thing we've done great is our format, I wanted to throw up. I wanted to vomit. I had to leave the room. Because the lying is just, if you lie, you have a considerable advantage until somebody finds, everybody finds out. Problem is now nobody finds out because people covered up. And I'm, I'm scared to death for our sport because of this. That's why I'm fighting so, so hard to preserve the history and the heritage and the integrity of our sport. And any parents listening out there, do not allow your kids to play no-ad scoring or these abbreviated tiebreakers for the third. If you do, your kids are never going to learn how to play tennis. And the only reason they're doing this, they're trying to force this into the pros. And the pros now are not going to stand for it. But they felt like if they get college, then they're going to get, they're pushing it into the juniors and five or six now years from now, nobody's going to argue what kids we have left playing and it's got it, listen, it's not going to be like, wow, let's go play tennis now because they play this neat abbreviated scoring. It's not even close. Not even close. No. It just uh, but dilute, so pollute, and prostitute. And th- hey, coach, thank you so much for what you're doing okay. for the sport. And I don't think I'm going to keep on enough people could, hey, coach, I don't think enough people could thank you for what you've done. You've given your life to make things better for not just tennis, but for, for the youth Thank you. of the world in America. So, um, but solutions, Thanks, solutions and all this is, is, is very valuable to these parents because, you know, me and you have, you know, you even more so, but I've, I've sat back and thought about this for 10, 20, 30 years now. How, 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 why, why, why? And, the, but the solutions, it goes back to the events. And then, as I said, there's, there's, it's not clear. It's not clear. So what 
should they look for? They have to look for traditional scoring. Parents, coaches, you have to look for this if you want your players to advance. Look for three out of five sets. You really want to stretch your players? Look for three out of five. I mean, that's who's winning the Grand Slams. Um, uh, venues that are changing, you know, the, 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 the facilities or the tournaments, the events that are changing venues, no, no, no. That's so gimmicky. Tell me what other sport do you start off playing on grass, you end up on AstroTurf, and then maybe you're on asphalt and, no, that it, it, and it sounds like, oh, again, hey, we're building resiliency. Sorry, yes, our game does that naturally, and you get to train, you get to get ready for it, and you get to naturally build through the tournament on that surface in those elements. But, no, you don't go from red clay outside to a fast indoor court and call it the same tournament. That does not help motivate a player. That discourages a player like you wouldn't believe. And the ones that win, they don't feel a lot of pride in that. It's not like a trophy they're holding up going, yeah, there, there you go. It's, like, you know, in, in flipping coins for events, no, you cannot play those events anymore. That will not motivate your son or daughter. So you have to get, I mean, any time. That's why, I'm sorry, NCAA, I'm not telling people to go there anymore because, Come on, you five minutes you're playing outside, and the next five minutes you're indoors, and the next, you know, who knows what. And, hey, we've no, no, coach, we've mandated it. We're all on hard courts. Yeah, well, you're playing on the fastest hard court, the slowest hard court. You go from indoors where the lights are terrible to out, outside at night to in, you know. No, that's not the same event. It's not the same event. Again, I mean, these you're, people you're aren't not, coaches. <laughs> No. These people so aren't it, coaches. And, and, I'm sorry. And we need to talk about why that's going on at some point, but solutions for these people, they have to search out events where this doesn't happen. And what when they go to an event and they're playing a clay court event, it's an outdoor clay court event. Um, and, and, and if it's regular, you know, if it's scoring, it's the scoring that's our traditional scoring. I mean, it, it, it's not some kind of – Bullwinkle system made up, you know, from a guy that doesn't want to outwork somebody else. No, we're not going to do that. And and hey, maybe it feels good on, yeah, you know, for the parent for five seconds on the times that it's in your favor, but it's more like a release. It's not like, whoo, I'm really proud of him. It's like, got through that one. So you know that that's not inspiring to anybody. So we have to search those those things out, and then how. You know, and in, 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 uh, we, we've got to look for events where where that's going on, and and unfortunately, with our system, our current system, it's not going on very often. So you're going to have to go outside of what the USTA is doing and, and find ways your way of doing that. Um, where where I got to go, but can I make one suggestion? Ownership. Well, thank you, Coach. Thanks for being on. I got for being on. I got. I got to go. Could I? Could I make one yep. comment before yep. I go? Yes. Uh, Come on, folks, in. go out and run your own tournament. Go out and run your own tournament at your park. Have park tournament. And if your own little town, run your own tournament. Don't go through the USTA or the ITA, whatever those groups are. Don't do that. They just want your money. You know. Don't do that. Go run your own tournament. 
you'd be surprised. Kids will come out and play. Let them be. I've got a little town here I live in, Somerville, South Carolina. I'm going to try to run Somerville Open. And I'm going to, or Somerville Close, probably just for people in the city of Somerville. And, you know, try to run a tournament. Run your own tournament. Start your own events. Do what Coach says. i got to go, though, Coach. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for being on. Last point that I want to make is is solutions for the players. Um, so you're, these are the events we're talking about. Now, as you build these schedules and you're searching out, naturally players will will want to work harder, will want to develop, want to master their skills because they'll need to to, to uh, advance in these sort of situations. So as you're building these events, go. It, it's, a, it's a school of thought that's been around for a long, long time, but it, it, it's, it's just a commonality that will always take place in tennis as you build your tournament schedule. But it should be a third, a third, a third. A third of your matches you should win and you're going to develop your discipline, and you're going to develop your offense and what you do with your leads. doesn't mean you will win. It means you should win, and you're going into those tournaments believing that, that you're the favorite and you should win it. A third of the time you should be playing the same level, your rivals, and, and that builds toughness. And a third of the time it should be could wins. You know, I, I – if I believe and I find what I need to find in there, I could win this tournament, but only a third. And then you have to evaluate how they do in those situations and what they need emotionally, mentally, and physically to advance. So find your way. Find the events that will facilitate growth in that way. And, again, this is a heck of an opportunity because tennis is independent. It's independent thinking and what your pathway is to be great. Have a wonderful day. Take care.